welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris. Here, each week we engage in candid conversations with Nate, focusing in on some of the subjects brought up in the Sunday morning teaching shared at Mountain Life Calvary Chapel. God's Word calls believers to follow Jesus in being humble, gentle, and patient. But how are we able to do this in a world that is prideful, harsh, and impatient? In this episode of Unscripted, we discuss how we can walk worthy of our calling to be humble, gentle, and patient. Let's join the discussion now. Well, hey, welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris, and it's me, Paul Hammontree, and Pastor Evan Johnson. Pastor Nate Morris isn't here. He's off uh, spending some time with his wife uh, on a little vacation this week. He'll be back to teach this next Sunday, but... Uh, Evan and I are here to discuss Nate's teaching from yesterday, and we're not going to critique it. We're just going to discuss it. Discuss it and what stood out to us and go through the discussion guide that you've put together for our Mountain Life groups to go through. So if you're going to a Mountain Life group, hey, here (laughs) we go. We're going to give you, (laughs) I don't know if we're going to give you the answers, but we're going to give you answers to these that are our answers, maybe not your answers. There you go. Awesome. So yeah, let, uh, let's let's discuss this first question. Who's somebody that you know personally that you have had a relationship with in your life that you would consider to be humble, gentle, and patient? And 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 the lead into this is that was kind of the the talk from yesterday out of Ephesians chapter four verse two. Uh, the words were actually lowliness gentleness and long suffering. Uh, but just for our purposes, we're calling it humble, gentle, and patient. So who is somebody, Evan, that, that you can think of in your life that you've known that, that kind of fits those qualities? Uh, the first person that comes to mind is my mom. She has all of those things. And it's just amazing as I just get to look back, um, on the time that, you know, when I was a kid and growing up in their home and just even now as an adult and knowing my mom in a different way, you know, like you, your relationship changes as you grow up. Um, but those are three things that have always been a part of my mom. I don't think I've ever seen her brag in my entire life Mm. about how good she was. She never flaunted anything. Um, she's very gentle. Um, and I don't think there may have been once, where I saw my mom be impatient or lose her cool or something like that, but it wasn't even like that bad. Yeah. Like I would, if you were to ask me to pick three things to describe my mom, I would pick those three things. That's like, cool. They would be the first, the first three things other than like loving and tender and sure. um, all of that. But these three things describe her. Can you so think of well. like a, a situation or something that happened that comes to mind where she like, like how did, how did that actually come out of her? Like where you saw like, Oh, she's humble or she's gentle or she's patient. Like what kind of behaviors specifically revealed that to you? Everything. I don't, I don't know if there's, it's just how, if you interact with my mom, you just get this sense of man, she, doesn't go parading around talking about herself. Um, okay. She cares for others 
in such amazing ways mm. um, that is truly not about herself. Um, it's always for the benefit of the other person, yeah. 100%. Um, and she's just so, so patient. I mean, she grew up in a different time as well and on a farm. Um, <laughs> and so she, her, I don't know, her concept of time is very different. Um, she's never worried about, hey, we're going to get, when we need to get there, when we need to get there, all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um and not that she's late to things, but she's just not worried. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had a, an experience in your life where you reacted in a way that you didn't want to react and you recalled your mom to mine and thought, oh, my mom wouldn't have reacted like that. And, uh, and like, do you carry that with you as an example? Do you carry her example with you when you think about different situations and how you handle them and stuff? I I don't remember the specifics of a situation, but I just remember growing up and just um, like asking questions or having done something or was really frustrated. Um, And I remember saying things that like hurt my mom Mm. and the way she responded was very gentle and very patient. Even though she was hurt, even though she was... um, probably super mad and frustrated inside she did not let that come out um and again i don't remember the specifics of the situation but i i do remember that and just the the pain that i remember causing her um and just how she responded to me in that way again like i don't i don't think i could tell you what it was but i could tell you how i felt Mm -hmm. and the expression on her face um Mm. and just what led what led to her being gentle and patient with me in the midst of her probably frustration with me as a adolescent teenager mm-hmm. who Good knows team. everything in the world. Yeah. You know, I would, I was so smart back then and I'm so dumb now. So, well, it's good that you've grown out of all of those <laughs> bad behaviors. The, uh, um, I think about like, you know, I don't know if it's just me or if everybody's like this, but, um, I just like, I, I, there, there'll be times where I'll behave a certain way. And then I like, I'll think of other people and I'm thinking like, they wouldn't have reacted like that, or they wouldn't have been like that. And I think that, that God convicts me a lot of times in those ways. And, uh, have you, have you noticed in your life, uh, for you personally, like, uh, I find that I can be humble and gentle and patient in some situations, but I struggle in other situations. And do you, do you concur with that? I, I concur. Do you concur? <laughs> I concur. <laughs> what, uh, what is that? What do you think that is that, that creates our ability to be so strong and, and in the sense of, you know, controlling our behavior and stuff. But like, for me, it's roundabouts and, and I joke about it all the <laughs> time, but I'm Preach. serious. I, oh, I so like, true. I can, or the one-way streets here in the Riverwalk. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. right. If you want to see me be a horrible human being, just and we love our just, tourists. Just put a camera in my car and hit record, and that I don't know about, you will see me not be. Yeah, and Pastor Nate in the teaching person. yesterday, he he shared a couple examples of driving. Well, I've with totally himself thought personally. that. I've been like, yeah. man, I I hope you get pulled over. 
I've totally, I've said <laughs> it out loud. passes with, you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've pulled it. I've, I've said it out loud with my wife sitting in the seat next to me, you know? Um, what is, so like, so that's a really difficult place for me to do that. But then there's other areas in my life where I feel like I'm, I'm able to really be long suffering with people in a lot better way and stuff. And I, I've noticed even, uh, like in ministry, a lot of times over the years, that I'm able to be more humble, gentle, and patient with people in the church than I am with my own family, mm-hmm. you know? And what what do you think it is that, that causes us to be... Um, familiarity brings contempt. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Or bre- is that what I said? Breeds contempt. Breed, yeah. um, and so I think there's... Not that I'm contemptuous of the people who are close to me, but I feel like... I don't know, not that I'm putting on a facade when I am with people in the church or, you know, being patient and gentle because I truly desire to be all of those things. Um, And I know that I am that way with my family in certain times and in other times I'm not. Um, But I think there's just that side of things where like where your, 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 your guard is down, your walls of whatever Mm. are like you usually put up, like you go to work, right? You put on your work suit. Yeah. <laughs> and so whatever's going on in your life, you you put on this face of like, okay, this I'm at work. I'm not going to think about these other things. And so I'm just going to go into this mode of I have this stuff to get done. And so I'm just going to focus on these things. So when you've been doing that all day or you've been doing these things, you get home and the last thing you want to do is – be all of those things that you were doing. You were being humble and gentle and patient with people Mm. and you get home and it's that, it's that place of safety. It's that place of man, I'm here. It doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden something happens at home and you're just, you, you're like, this is my safe place. This is my sanctuary. Um, And so your guard is down in those moments in that time. And you just, you lash out because you're like, I'm home. I don't want to do anything. I poured out all day. I just want to be home. And there's, but there's things to be done at home too. Yeah. My wife needs me to be lowly and gentle and patient with her, just right. like I am patient with people at church. Um, and other times I am way more patient and gentle and lowly with my wife than I am with other people. And mm. so I don't, I think there's the flip flop of all of those things and just the, the ebb and flow of life as you, yeah. as you go through it. But, I think sometimes too, like, uh, you know, we, we know our family, like there's a love relationship there that I feel like we give ourselves more freedom. We don't try as hard Mm. like with other people, maybe in ministry or at work or whatever, wherever people go, like they're, they're trying harder because they, they don't feel like they have as much leeway in those, those relationships, you know, like if they could get canceled real easily in some of those relationships, whereas at home there's a lot more forgiveness and, and more patience with them there. And so we just don't, don't try as hard a lot of times. Well, the verses, uh, that, that Nate went through, he, he went back and read through, uh, verse one that he covered the week before. And then verse two, and just read these real quick. Uh, the apostle Paul writes, I, therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you speaking to believers to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called with all lowliness and gentleness with long suffering bearing with one another in love and so you know talking about lowliness and and nate brought this out in the teaching 
you know, there's, there's this fear in the world today that uh, we don't love ourselves as much as we should, mm-hmm. you know, and that that could create all kinds of uh, personality problems uh, in our own lives if we don't love ourselves as much as we should and, and be proud of who we are and, and all of these things. That's the, 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 the noise out there in the world. Um, but how would you, how do we think of a lowliness that this is talking about? And he says all lowliness. So, you know, I always, those things always pop out to me in scripture where it's just so, it's not like some lowliness, it's like all lowliness. How is that a healthy thing? Like where the world would say, oh, don't think less of yourself. You know, wh- how is it, how is it healthy to, to be lowly in mind of ourselves or humility and being humble? How is that you know, different than an unhealthy view of self? I guess if you're, when, because just the mentality there, I think is what you're getting at of the, the world saying, well, you have it within you to do what you're able to do and like to find the way that you're able to be a better person and a better individual. And if, if that were true, we wouldn't need Jesus. We wouldn't need the cross. Mm. We wouldn't need religion. Cause if we were able to just find something inside of ourselves to be better, a better human being, then we don't need any of those things. And I think when you say, man, I just need time to focus on me mm-hmm. and I need this time to just be, to think of myself and these things, you start to go down that pit and you, the farther you go and the deeper you go, the more you realize there is nothing in me. There mm-hmm. is nothing in this. And so as you tend to focus on yourself more um, in those ways, or you think of yourself like, oh, I'm such a bad person or like, oh, this, I don't like this part of me. You're like, well, I just have to go deeper. I just have to get past these things. And so you're constantly trying to find things within yourself in all of this um, and, and in all of that. And so I think as you think that way about yourself, you're actually causing a detriment to who you really are, right? Like it says there, um, live a life worthy of your calling mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus um, as as a believer. And I don't know, I, I think I shared this in a future or future. <laughs> I have not done a future Whoa, podcast. You know the future? I sure don't. <laughs> in a past podcast, when we were talking about this and I had this epiphany revelation, whatever you want to call it. I had this thought it was like, man, we're not called to be teachers, all of these things. We're not called to be husbands, wives, whatever. As believers, we are called to be sons and daughters of God. Mm-hmm. And that's what Nate was saying yesterday, what Paul was saying in the first three chapters. He's like, this is your calling. Mm-hmm. Like God has called you out of these things. Yes, being a teacher, being a wife, being a husband, being a son, being a daughter, being, you know, wherever you work are callings in your life that you have. But your first and utmost calling as a believer is a son and daughter of God through Christ Jesus. So like that's to live a life worthy of that, to think of yourself less in all of those things. And on all of that, you are, you're focusing on the wrong area of your life Mm -hmm. and you're not, and you're putting down who God says you are in all of those things. And so I think that's the danger of, um, of not having a right view of who you are and Mm -hmm. thinking of yourself 
less than mm-hmm. because God already says you are this. I love you because you are my son, right, because yeah. you are my daughter. And so out of that, because we know that and we believe that we've put our faith in that, we are then able to be like, look, I'm good. Like it doesn't matter what I think about myself, what other people think about me, what matters is what God thinks about me and says about me. Mm-hmm. And so then we can be like, cool. Well, the God of the universe loves me, not because I'm great, but because his son, but because he made me mm-hmm. and he values me. And that was something I really loved. We'll probably get to that later in the teaching uh, that Nate taught yesterday. Um, but the fact that like, man, he says this. So I'm humbled because there's nothing in me <laughs> that was great other than God saw value in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that humbles me. And then that allows me to go out and pour that out yeah. onto other people. I think, so. you know, sometimes the confusion is that, um, is, has to do with, with confidence that people, they equate confidence with pride. Like in order to be confident, I have to be proud of myself and that those two things aren't the same. And, you know, I, the Apostle Paul said that of him and the other apostles, he said, we are always confident. But then he followed that up and, and gave the reason why was because he said, we walk by faith, not by sight. So his confidence wasn't in himself. His confidence was in the Lord, but that gave him confidence, you know. And so he didn't have to be proud of himself and and live in pride you know he, i mean he said i am the worst of all sinners <laughs> you know so he didn't have like this pride about him but he did have a confidence about himself and that's what i think where sometimes people um get confused they think like well to be think of yourself as lowly means that you're just like not confident and that's where you know where people are like oh i'm i'm no good i can't do that i'm no good at anything you know and that's unhealthy yeah and we shouldn't be like that and i love the quote that nate shared he said you know it's not about uh thinking less of yourself it's thinking of yourself less yeah. <laughs> and that i think is is a great uh quote and it's uh um that, you know, just that, that's, I think the rub there is that, you know, it's, it's not a unhealthy hatred of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just a, you know, understanding like, no, I have great confidence in the Lord and yeah. who, like you were just sharing who he has made me to be, mm-hmm. who he's created me to be, but I don't, I'm not proud of myself and yeah. I'm not arrogant. And like you were saying of your mom earlier, you know, she didn't, you know, parade herself around, you know, like, you know, check me out, you know, aren't I great kind of Mm -hmm. thing. So, yeah. And yeah, I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, Matthew five, five, it says, you know, the blessed are the meek for Mm -hmm. they shall inherit the earth. And I remember, um, you hear the word meek and you're just like, it rhymes with weak, weak, (laughs) but it's not. (laughs) No. And like, I remember when someone was teaching, um, either on that or about meekness or humility, because in some translations they translate meek as humility or humble Mm. um, in that way. And I remember this, it was meekness is power under control. Mm -hmm. And it's, they were thinking of like, it's like the bit in a horse's mouth. Mm. Like the horse has all the power, right? Mm -hmm. Over the human, the horse can do whatever it wants. You put the bit in the mouth and the power becomes under control. Mm. Like, and so it's like, 
that's that's kind of what the the illustration was like and it's just like yeah it doesn't mean you're weak it doesn't mean you're you're frail or soft-spoken or any of those you may be those things but you know that you have power from the lord mm. and so it's that power under control yeah part of it that i really really like because it reminds me of man i have power but not of myself <laughs> right, <laughs> like right from from god um and to use it wisely and to be humble. Nate brought out uh, these verses from Philippians 2 in his teaching of uh, verses 3, and then I'm going to read 4 as well. It says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. And I think that's that pride, right? You know, selfish ambition, conceit. It says, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. And I think verse four is important as well because it says, let each of you look out not only for his own interest. So mm-hmm. it's not like a, a total self disregard, yeah. you know, not only for his own interest. So saying, you know, you should be looking out for your own interest to a certain degree, but also for the interests of others. And, um, and I think that that kind of helps us kind of think through like what, what humility is, um, why do you think God wants us to love others more than ourselves? Not that we, we can't love ourselves in the sense of, you know, appreciate, you know, our, ourselves for who God created us to be and stuff. But um, why do you think that he wants us to love others? Like, I don't, I don't know if this is, <laughs> I don't know if we ever think through this, but like, why would he call us to that? to love others more than we love ourselves. Why didn't he just say, everybody just love yourself totally and then you'll be good. Like why would he want us to love others more than we love ourselves? Because it takes the focus off of us, right? It takes the focus off of ourselves and to, and I, and I believe it's, it's the way that he's loved us, mm-hmm. right? It's, it was a self-sacrificial love of God on the cross in Christ that brought us back into a right relationship with him. Like it wasn't, um, yes, God gets the glory and God gets all of the, and he's worthy of all of those things, but it's not like it didn't cost him something, right? It was a self-sacrificial love. And I think when you think of it that way, that that's the way he's loved us. Mm -hmm. That's, that's how his love works. Um, and so I think that's why he calls us to that is because, again, we live in his house, right? We, we're a part of his family, and his family has certain rules and um, guidelines that we live by just being a believer. And so it's like, okay, you're of this house now. Live worthy of your calling. How do you do that? Well, this is how. Yeah. I agree with that, but I also think to the question of why is I, I am fully convinced that that's where we find satisfaction where, you know, the world, the enemy, ourselves, our own flesh is telling us the way you're going to find satisfaction is focus on yourself, love yourself, do what you want. You do you. That's oh, I can't stand that statement Um, because I think it's a lie, you know, that, and I think that, that God finds satisfaction and like you just said, you know, in loving us Mm -hmm. sacrificially. And he tells us now love others more than yourself, because you're going to find out you're going to be super surprised that 
you really enjoy that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everything in the world is telling us, no, 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 no. You know, focus on self, focus on self, focus on self. And God's <laughs> like the only voice out there going, yeah. no, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. And I, I just see throughout scripture that that's where God's saying, I've created you like, and here's your owner's manual for your self. <laughs> if you want to find joy and satisfaction in your life, love others more than you love yourself. And I, I love that because then it, it's so countercultural and it, it reveals the reality of how much God knows us better than we yeah. know ourselves. Cause we don't come up with those ideas, but he's given those to us. Proverbs 15, one, one of the verses that, that Nate brought out in the teaching yesterday, it says that a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And I think we can like hear that and go, yeah, that, okay, yeah, I got that. Um, but why do you think that, that the instruction there is like for a soft answer? So, you know, you, you have this scenario where you're in an argument with somebody. Why do you think God did not instruct get louder, get angrier, and then just overwhelm them with your harsh words, you know, let your harsh words. And, and Nate talked about this, about how even in the Christian culture today, we're like, hey, we need to stand up for righteousness. Mm. And so we need to scream louder than the people who are standing up for sinfulness and, and stuff like that. And, and, but yet God's word says a soft answer, you know, is, is what is needed there. Like, why, why would God call us to be gentle when everybody's being harsh? Because that, that shows humility. <laughs> like what we just talked about. Like, See humility. Like, and so, like, when you're gentle in the way that you interact with people, like, right, because when someone starts yelling at you or starts getting up in your face, there's two ways you react. You either shut down or you fight back. Yeah, fight or flight. Yeah. And so some people don't do well with confrontation, and so, like, you start yelling and people just immediately turn you off and they're like, Nope, uh, you're yelling at me, all of these things. I want nothing to do with you. So you're not heard there. And if you're just yelling at someone who wants to fight back, you're never going to win that person because you've already attacked them. You've yeah. already come at them. And so they're like, well, I have to come back at you. Yeah. But when you come in gentle and you come in soft and you come in with a heart to be like, you're right, you know, like, and you're you're human to human with them on a on a level of like you're you're right like this is this isn't okay this is whatever's going on. You show the true character of of Jesus. I just think of when he rode into town on a donkey, mm -hmm. right? The the whole image of that is that he came not as a conquering king. He will, but he came in as a as a peaceful king to bring peace. Mm -hmm gentle and yep. gentleness in that time. And so I just, I love that, that picture of him and just how, even as you see him interact with the different people in the gospels, like how he interacted with his disciples was different than how he interacted with the woman caught in adultery or the woman mm -hmm. at the well, Zacchaeus, all of those guys. And even how he dealt with the religious leaders, although he spoke truth and was sometimes harsh with them, it was always to bring them to a point of repentance and true love. And it was, it was never to incite them to anger mm -hmm. it was to look look at yourself mm -hmm. in this way 
but it was never to stir them up to anger. Their flesh got the better of them because they knew what he was saying was actually right. Yeah. I think of, you know, just his encounter with Pontius Pilate, you know, and uh, how they're accusing him of all of these things. And, you know, like Pontius Pilate, he, he saw it. He's like, this is all false. You know, they're just envious of you. And this, this is why they want you killed. And, and he's like, don't you want to say something here? And Jesus is like, I'm good. <laughs> and just, again, I, I think it goes back, I guess each one of these in my mind goes back to confidence, you know, because he had confidence that, that God was in control, you know, and it's like, you can kill me, you know, it's going to be all right. It's part of God's plan. Yeah. And just that confidence created gentleness. And I think about that when, uh, when I, if I'm in an argument with somebody, if I know I'm right um, and I know they're wrong and yeah, I should have a confidence that just like as their voice is being raised and they're yelling the wrong thing that I should be like, if I'm not confident, then I, I feel like I need to fight. But confidence for me creates gentleness. And again, it goes back to faith. It's like, you know, I, I don't need to defend myself. I thought of these verses in Romans 12, uh, 17 through 21 says, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, don't offend yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it's written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you'll heap coals of fire on his head. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And I always think about that. I, I think that there's, when we get into a confrontation with somebody, that God's right there standing at the door yeah. saying, would you like me to come in and take care of this? And, but he gives us that option. He's like, you can fight with them if you want, or you can just give a soft answer, mm -hmm. overcome evil with good and allow me co to come in the situation and I'll take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> and that, uh, that's, that's something that I'm still working on, yeah. you know, but, uh, Amen. but it's something that comes to my mind whenever I get into a confrontation with somebody like, you know, am I confident in the Lord yeah. to handle this or do I feel like I need to handle yeah. this? And I would agree with that. And the soft answer doesn't always bring resolution, you know? And no. I think, no. and I think that's why we tend to shy away from it mm. because sometimes it We're creates more confrontation or it makes yeah. us look weak yeah. in those ways. Yeah. And so it's like, well, I have to look strong because God is strong. And it's mm. like, well, God doesn't need me to defend him. <laughs> I think Nate said that yesterday. Yeah, right, right. Um, and I think he even Nate said yesterday, what you were kind of, what you were talking about, he said, anger and hate come from a place of fear. Yeah. Um, and so it's like when you get angry and you're hateful or you get loud and all of those things, it's like, you're not confident yeah. in, in who God is and the situation that you're going into. And so mm. I think that that speaks volumes in that way. Yeah. Um, then patience. Let's, we got like two minutes to talk about patience here. <laughs> Good. Be patient with us as we do this. Oh, uh, so there's a, there's a thing you've probably heard it said, if you haven't said it yourself is don't ask God for patience. <laughs> Sorry. That was really loud. <laughs> I apologize. Um, I have what, said it. <laughs> what is the thought behind that? And what is that correct? Um, I won't say it's correct because I don't think that's true because I think every every opportunity, everything you're going to walk into, you have the opportunity to practice patience and long-suffering. So I think God may give you more of it if you ask him for that. I think, you know, like 
I think there's prayers that we can pray that are quote unquote dangerous prayers. Um, <laughs> like Lord refine me in the fire. It's like, Ooh. like we pray that in song form sometimes. And it's like, the Lord's like, do you really want me to refine you in fire? Are you sure about that? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Cause if you want it, I'll, I'll give it to you and you start to see things through a different lens. And maybe that's more of what it is, is that you're more aware of the fact that you need to be more patient. You need to be more long suffering because that's what's on your heart and what's on your mind and what the Lord is trying to work out in you and all of that. Because right. He, he's calling us to be humble, gentle and long suffering and patient in all of this. And so he's trying to form us into the image of his son. Mm -hmm. And so as we start to work on these things, he's working on us all the time to be more like a Jesus who was lowly and gentle and long suffering. Yeah. And that, you know, I think of, uh, there's in, it's in Romans somewhere. Uh, I've narrowed it down to one book for you if you want to go look for it, but where it says that, uh, we should be patient with others the same way that the Lord has been patient with us. And oh man, <laughs> you know, that, uh, that has struck me many times through the years, you know, when I'm feeling impatient with people, it's like, and, and it, it's just the, like the story of the, the parable of the, the wicked servant, you know, who, um, owed a million dollars and the King forgave him. And then he went and strangled his friend for five bucks yeah. that he owed him, you know, and just like that. The that just God has been so good and so gracious and patient with us. And like, I don't know, I feel like, you know, the, the verse that says that, uh, if we don't forgive others, God doesn't forgive us. Like, and there's that flip flop of that. I think, you know, what Jesus said of the woman, you know, who was washing his feet, you know, it's like those who have been forgiven much, they love much. Mm. And I, I feel like for me, for patience, it's like that, like, Rather than trying harder to be patient with people, I need to, like Nate was talking about yesterday, you know, it's not like we go away going, I need to be more humble. I need to be more gentle. I need to be more patient. I need to do this better. I'm going to try harder and it'll last for about half an hour, right. you know. Or if we just focus on how God has shown humility. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to think about the God of the universe. Yeah. sacrificing himself for us and how he's been gentle with us and how he's been patient with us. And then that just starts to flow out of us. Yeah. It just kind of made me just thinking of long suffering and not, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but just in the, the teaching that I got to give, you know, a few months ago where we were talking about how wide and deep and long and high mm. is the love of Christ. And it was just like, it's long. His love is long because he suffered long enough. <laughs> yeah. up on the cross to deal with it, you know, to deal with us mm -hmm. and not just us, but our sin and all of that. And to be honest, I feel like he suffered for all 33 years <laughs> that he was, that he was here in this earth. Yeah. Because if you think of God, right. <laughs> confining himself to human flesh, flesh yeah. not that every day was a suffer for him, but I think he suffered in mm. it because he, he was able to embrace our weaknesses and our failings. And I mean, he suffers long with us because we're still here, right? Yeah. Humanity's been going on for however long. And he's been, <laughs> that's a different podcast. <laughs> he's been here with us all the time. And I just love that, you know, from second Peter, first Peter, wherever, but it's like, you know, the Lord is patient 
wanting none to perish, yeah, right. but all to come to repentance. He's long suffering sure. with humanity. Each and every day that people choose to reject him, he suffers long mm-hmm. and he's patient till those people might come yeah. to repentance. Well, at the risk of making our listeners impatient with us, Seriously? we better wrap this up. Yeah. So Thank thanks for, for joining patient. us. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, Nate will be back next week. I think Pastor Evan's going to be interviewing him next week as we continue on in our book of Ephesians. Is that how you pronounce it? Sure. I'm not really good with those Greek words. Thanks for joining Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. If you'd like more material from Pastor Nate, you can go to PastorNate.com. That's the word pastor, the letter N, and the number 8.com. And for more information about our church, you can connect with us through our website at mountainlife.church. Hope you can join us again next week as we continue the conversation.